Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Hallelujah. Are you glad to be here? I'm glad to be here. Amen. Ah, I'm going to make another statement while, while we're here. I declare... Say it with me out loud. I declare. In the name of Jesus, this drought to be over this month in Jesus' name. Okay? I declare it. Okay? And uh, you're going to, we're going to, well, amen. Amen. Be, be, you got to go home and prepare. Gully washer's coming. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And we're going to dismiss the, our 180, which is our youth ministry. At this time, they're going to go into their small groups. We're thanking God for what God is doing in our youth today. Amen. They're getting the Word of God. I thank God that all us older young people are getting the Word of God today. Amen? Praise God. You may be seated. I want to get right into this today. We're starting this month. We've started a, a, a new subject matter. And the subject matter is faith slash faithfulness. Faithfulness is a byproduct of faith. Just like milk has byproducts of cheese or butter, so faith has a byproduct, faithfulness. Okay? You will only be faithful to the degree that God's faith works in you. Okay? And uh, we're not, we're not going to get too much into that, but I, I want you to remember this. God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. God is, faithful. God is what? He's faithful. He's faithful to His Word. God cannot speak something that He will not do. In fact, He's not like us. He doesn't ad-lib it. Do you know what ad-lib means? Off the cuff. Are you listening? A lot of Christians want to live this Christianity and walk in faith off the cuff. They want to ad-lib it. And most of the time we get it wrong when we do ad-lib it. You say, well, Brother Ronnie, what about being spirit-led? You cannot be spirit-led if you're not word-fed. Let me put it another way. Now, I was going to go into the formal teaching of this, and I may here in a minute. You need to stick with the script. Look up the word script. When you look up the word script, and I got this off of Siri. Okay, this is not a, uh, uh, this is something they're saying. The word script is nothing more than an abbreviation for the word scriptural or scripture. Stick with the script. Yes. Where we get in trouble is we ad-lib it. 
Most Christians, now listen carefully, I'm not, not you today because you're, okay. But a lot of Christians, and I've been that way in my past too, a lot of Christians are biblically, scripturally illiterate. And so they ad-lib things that God never said. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus made a statement. He said, I don't say anything that I don't hear my father say. He stayed with the script. Come on. We want to know why faith don't work is because we're not in the God kind of faith. We're in human belief. Belief is not necessarily faith when, it, when the Bible talks about faith. You can have human faith. Human faith is fickled. Turn to your neighbor and say, we know what's wrong with you now. <laughs> we, we go around and say, well, all, all, all we got to do is, uh, is believe. Well, you can believe the wrong thing. You can believe a lie. It is possible. Probably have once or twice in your life. Okay? If you're believing all those thoughts that come to your head that Pastor Zona was talking about, you got to get rid of, then I promise you, you're believing a lie. You know that your head will lie to you because it's been programmed from fallen human nature. And it'll absolutely contradict the Word of God. You'll believe it and you'll go around saying, well, you just never know what God's going to do. As if He's going to ad-lib something or if He's going to be moody just like we are. God's not moody. What God says is what He will do. He won't deviate from that. You say, well, Pastor Ronnie, you know, I, I, if, God, if, if God does what He says He do, He'd do exactly what He says every time that, that, that He says it. Every time. Every time. Everybody say every time. Every time. Yeah, well, I know, brother and sister, so-and-so, they were good people. Good people ain't got nothing to do with it. I'm, when you say good people, most of the time it's because you like them. Hello? Well, he's a good guy. Well, he's a good guy because he hadn't crossed you yet. Woo! Shout me down because I'm preaching so good. That's the reason why most people don't say I'm a good guy. Because I promise you I'll cross you. Here's the point. Belief is not necessarily faith. Listen to the way the world programs us about belief. All you got to do is just believe, just believe, just believe. In fact, the world will tell you, all you got to do is when you go to Disney World is just believe. Just believe. And you come up with some kind of fantasy, a word that does not need to be used in any Christian language. Fantasy means not real. And so now, we imagine a make-believe. Everybody say make-believe. Make you ever heard of make-believe? God doesn't say anything about, for with the heart man make-believe. No, he says in Romans chapter 10, verse 10, for with the heart man believeth. So guess what we've done? We've messed up our understanding of these issues and because we have that's why it's sometimes so difficult for us to believe we're having to unlearn things that have been become uh, reactive
active or we ad lib to instead of become students of the Word of God. I make statements like this, and in the past I've made them. I'm going to make them here again today. If a person will take five years, and I say it this way as a pastor, if you give me five years of your life and be diligent to study the Word of God with me, your life will change forever. Now, if you want to just hit and miss it, that's exactly what you're going to get, a hit and miss you'll be playing Russian roulette and hoping when you really mean wishing. You'll be wishing and a praying. Shout me down. So we're going to study this about faith and faithfulness. God is faithful because He's a God of faith. God believes what He says will happen or He wouldn't say it. In other words, he puts his heart in what he's saying, and he's committed to it. Now listen very careful. God is committed not to your need, but to his word. And because he's committed to his word, he gave his word that he would take care of your needs, your desires, and your wants. Okay? And he promises that. The very, act, the, the very thing that he said that I promised to do it means that God will do it. If there's no, listen carefully, if there is no reality of that, it's not on God's part. How dare we accuse God of not keeping his word when you don't even keep yours? So who's not keeping the word? It's us. So we got to get an understanding and we got to get rid. We got to unlearn some stuff. We got to root out, tear down, destroy some make belief that is absolutely against the word of God. When we do, we, rent, we can start the process of renovating and building on accuracy of the Word of God. Because the Word of God is accurate. If there's any fickleness, it's not on God's part. Are you following? Are you listening? Just yesterday, I had, all, I had some feelings. I'm just like you. I live in this life. And so I had some feelings that were battling me on the inside. Okay? And if you listen to those feelings, it'll get you into a state of depression. God's not depressed, he's not, op uh, he's not possessed, and He's not oppressed. He's not depressed. Okay? That's not His nature. Why? Because his, his Word is accurate. It's true. So I have to deal with these, these thoughts that come to me because they're trying to get you into those places. Are y'all following me? Does anybody have any idea what I'm talking about? Okay. If you live life as a whole and you're not constantly <laughs> psyched out with some kind of drugs or alcohol, then you understand what I'm talking about. So you have to deal with them. Everybody say deal with them. We'll, we'll, we'll eventually, we're going to see where God's going to take us throughout these teachings, but I want you to get, today we're going to talk about the creative power of God. Creative power of God. 
That's today's title, Creative Power of God. Now, I want you to go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. While you're turning, I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge. I thank you, Lord, you give me accurate words and clear thoughts to convey understanding. Lord, I thank you that you give us all hearts to receive the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of Hebrews, and I encourage you to go back to Wednesday night if you didn't get it. Go back to the podcast and listen to it. I didn't get to go through all of everything I want to in, in Hebrews right here because i got to make a little progress because we could stay the whole month in the verses that I went on. But in Hebrews chapter 10, I want to show you some things, and I'll be reading out of the King James, and we're going to do some def defining, definitions, biblical definitions of exact words. Okay? Verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. I think it's the uh, Passion Translation puts it like this. My righteous ones will live by my faith. I like that phrase. God is making a statement. My righteous ones will live by my faith. Not their faith. Because their faith is based upon the wrong thing. But my faith is based strictly upon what I said. I'm going to say it another way. Remember, faith and faithfulness are synonymous, actually. We're going to say it another way. God is saying, but my righteous ones will live by my faithfulness. Okay? How many of you know God's more faithful than you could ever be? Yes. So he set it up so if you do slack just a little bit, okay, he's not slack concerning his word. Are you following? Now, while I'm talking, I want to make sure you understand one thing. None of us have re reached the ultimate goal of having to totality perfected faith. Faith is developed on levels. Okay? And once you think you've got all faith, there's another level. Okay? When you get to heaven, you're still going to be living by faith. Because the same word that got you born again, that got you there, is the same word that's going to sustain you there. Are y'all following me? So, I like that phrase, that my righteous ones will live by my faith or my faithfulness. God is faithful. What is He faithful to? His Word. Anyone who would dare receive and take God at His Word and hang on to it. Not being a forgetful hearer, but hangs on to it. That person is going to be blessed in that deed of that word. Are you following? Anyone. So God is not a respecter of person. He's a respecter of faith. I want to say that one more time. He's not a respecter of person. He's a respecter of faith. So we've got to get an understanding of what faith is. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, 
my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Let's take the phrase draw back. The word draw back or that phrase means to shrink from declaring. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone shrinks from declaring that faith, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Shrink from declaring. How many of you started off with a good confession, but guess what? Two or three days later, you forgot the confession, and your feeling felt more real than the confession. And you started ad-libbing. Deviating from the script. And then the act or the action, the, the movie of your life, so to speak, starts going down this road because you, you deviated from the script and you ad-libbed because of the way you felt. Woo, man. Turn to your neighbor and say, is he nailing your hide just yet? I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. He's nailing mine. Okay? Now watch. Watch this. But we are not of them who draw back, who cease from declaring, who shrink from declaring. We're not of them who draw back unto perdition. Now, I know that really means, uh, when we use the word perdition, that means that we're talking about hell, but it also means loss. We're not of them who draw back or shrink from declaring the word of God unto loss. Anytime we shrink from declaring and deviate from the script, we lose what we initiated. Are you following me? There has been people that have been healed in a service that just two or three days later lost what they got in the service. Because they're waiting for their feeling to catch up with what God said. And when it doesn't happen instantly, this is what their psyche says. Their understanding. That's what your psyche is. Your head. Okay. Your psyche says, oh, I, I, I thought I got healed on Sunday. I, I, I thought. I, I, I thought. But I, I don't feel good. And so the feeling has more impact than what God said. Then you just stepped out of faith and you shrinked from declaring and you lost what you had. You lost ground. Are you, are you hearing this? I hope this will help you to see. And, and, and it, it may not make you jump up and down right at the moment. But I guarantee you what it'll do. It'll keep what God gives you. Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Watch this. We're not of those who shrink from declaring unto loss, but of them that believe, that believe to the saving of the soul. Now, listen to what this word saving means. It means to get one's own possession. 
It means to possess what, what belongs to a person. So we're not of those who shrink from declaring the word of God unto loss, but of them that believe to the possession that you that you that really belongs to you. Are you following me? So you're 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 becoming pos you're possessing what really belongs to you in the declaration of faith. It's not going to happen just because you said it. But you say it, listen carefully, until that saying possesses you. You ever heard this phrase, confession brings possession? Do you know what it possesses? You. If you'll confess the Word of God, then eventually, guess what happens? The Word of God will possess you. And faith is from the heart, it's not from the head. And when it possesses you, then you say it with power. You understand? God, listen carefully. When God in the beginning looked upon the face of the, uh, of the whole world and it was darkness, God said, let there be light. He wasn't trying to convince himself. Why did he say it? Because he already believed it. He already had the substance of that word in him. So we confess it until the substance of what we're confessing possesses our heart. Once it possesses our heart, then when we speak it, it's not empty words. It has, it's words with substance that produces exactly what we said. Are you following? Now, watch as we go right in to chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, when? Now. now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's take here, we, I, I'm, I like to break it down because if we don't break it down, sometimes we breathe past that. We go right past things and we don't get an understanding. My responsibility as a pastor is help you to understand. Understand how to use it. Understand how to work it. The Word of God works for those who work it. But if you don't know how to work it, guess what? You're going to be trying to ride the coattails of somebody else's faith. And that's not what God wants in these last days. He wants you to learn how to operate in it. Listen very carefully. Jesus, help me. Any healing that you get through the gifts of the Spirit... Are using somebody else's faith it's only temporary God does that because you don't have the understanding as of yet it's kind of like a parent taking care of a child until they're able to take care of themselves 
Okay? God wants to have, and His Word, to have a personal relationship with you. Okay? And until you can get that understanding and development, God allows you to be able to tap into somebody else's faith or somebody else's gifting. But the reality is spiritual growth is where God wants you to get that you know how to put your foot down on the Word of God and stand and stand and stand until that Word becomes a reality in your life. Okay? That's what is a spiritual maturity. That's where God's taking us. Because God's not... Listen. Oh, Jesus. God's not coming to catch the church away until the church is ready to be called. What determines that? Spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. All right. Uh, I've got to hurry. Look at this. Let me give you some definitions. Now, faith. The word faith means conviction, fidelity, or faithfulness. Conviction, fidelity, or faithfulness. In other words, faith is not just a belief based on an emotional, I think I can, I think I can. Okay? It is beyond that. Now you do have to get your thoughts to line up with it. That's true. Okay? But I want you to understand, when we're talking about God kind of faith, we're talking about the substance, the Bible kind of faith, we're talking about God's conviction. God has conviction about His own Word. That's why he, he's, the Bible says He's ever watching over it to perform it. What does that mean? He's looking for somebody that will have the same kind of conviction he has about his own word, about his word, and then God watches over it to make sure it happens. To make sure it happens. Okay? Because here, here's what is taught in most churches. You just never know what God's going to do. How many of you have heard that statement? You just never know what God's going to do. No, the trouble is we never know what squirrely you's going to do. Because God's already told you what he's going to do. Okay? Now watch this. The word substance. I hope you're ready for this one. The word substance. Now the conviction, the fidelity, the faithfulness of God is the substance. That word substance. Watch this. That which has or is a foundation. In other words, it is firm. It is not shaky. It's not an if in there. Okay? There's no if in it. Let me put it another way. How many of you ever heard some songs, Christian songs, that make a statement? God's never failed me yet. You put the word yet on it, you just created a question mark. Right. And the question mark is, he didn't fail me in the past, but this may be the time he's going to. The word yet is a question mark. 
You should never use the word yet. Ever use the word yet. God's never failed me. Period. Why would you put a yet on it? Because it sounds so good with the music. And guess what? You're subconsciously getting it in your head. You're feeding the doubt of your head and then you're having trouble from your heart to your head. Your head will talk you right out of believing God. Are you following? You cannot put the word yet on God. Because he ain't ever going to fail. If he ever fails one time, then he can't be God. Are, are you seeing what I'm talking about? And you say, Pastor Ronnie, you're just getting picky. No, I'm not getting picky. You, you want to hit and miss or you want to be, be consistent? You want it where Jesus said, if you live, if I abide in you, if my words abide in you, you live in me and my words live in you, you can ask whatever you will. And it will be done. There is no, the only if there is if you're going to let the Word of God come alive in your heart or you're going to let your head talk your heart out of it. He says you can get to a point where just anything you ask, it'll be done. But guess what you got to do? You got to get your head straightened out. Are y'all following me? All right. Y'all still love Jesus out there? And, and Okay, all right. I, I just, we need to make sure that everybody that's viewing by live stream knows that I am talking to other than just a, a, a chair. Okay, there is somebody here. All right. Watch this. It means, I'm going to go through, this word is so, it's worth so much. It means the foundation. That which, which listen carefully, another definition to it. Substance. That which actually, I like that word, exists. So the conviction, the fidelity, the faithfulness of God is <clears throat> the substance or that which actually exists. And I like the word actually. That means you can act on it because it exists. Are you following that? Glory to God. So now the conviction, the fidelity of God's Word and His faithfulness to it means that I can act on it every single time because it exists. Let me put it another way. You go to the grocery store. Nobody likes to hear about grocery stores right now. But you go to the grocery store. You've got substance in the bank. Let's say you have a $200 substance in the bank. Actual money. Actual. That's why you went to the grocery store. Because you're acting on what's in the bank. It exists. That's what God is saying. His word exists and is what he says and he promised. It is, if he says, by my stripes 
ye were healed, then guess what? Ye were healed 2,000 years ago. That actually exists, and he wants you to go to the heavenly bank and act on it. Yes. Glory to God. I don't know about y'all, but I need this. <laughs> Glory to God. Watch this next part. It also means the substantial... Uh, let me back up. Actually exists a, a substance, a real being. In other words, there's reality. There's reality to this. It means the substantial quality, nature of a person. The substantial quality. Not, not a fakeness. How many of you have been somewhere around that's uh, it, it, just fake? Fake is day is long. Just as fake as plastic. Huh? You ever been around those plastic people? Y'all have never been around the plastic people. I like people that are just... I can deal with somebody that's just straightforward with me. They're not... You follow? I, I can't... I, I, don't, I don't handle people... I don't want to be around people and I don't handle people very well uh, that... I want to get away from them before I say something. Okay? God's not what he actually this word substance means the person of the word yeah. not just a written thing but the person of that word are you following what I just said the person of that word the conviction the fidelity and the faithfulness of God is the person of that word. Are you, are you with that? Alright, stay with it. Glory to God. The person. It also means, listen to this, I love this, I love this. I mean, it gets better. The steadfastness of mind. God has not changed his mind. He is not double-minded and he's not fickled. The steadfastness of the mind, firmness, courage, watch this, the resolution. God is resolute about what he said. You're not going to talk him into it and you're not going to talk him out of it. Alright, watch this. It's the confidence, the firm trust and assurance. So let me give it to you like this. The conviction, the fidelity, and the faithfulness of God to His Word is the courage to act on it. It gives you the courage because that word is the very person of what was promised. Yes. Man. Oh, I don't know about y'all, but that really excites me. Now, notice this. It's the evidence. The word evidence means proof. Proof. It's the proof. Now, let me see if I can put it like this. You ever heard that phrase, the proof of the pudding's in the eating? 
okay? Don't tell me how good your pudding is. You know, some, some pudding can, can actually taste like paste. Okay? And, and you could substitute paste for pudding. The other day I found, I found, don't get on this, okay? I'm, I'm, I, the other day I found a pudding recipe. It was a keto pudding recipe. Okay? And I like chocolate, so I thought, I'll, I'll, I can make this chocolate pudding. And I mean, it's deep chocolate, because I bought that dark, dark cocoa. Dark cocoa. But you know what? There is nothing in it. It's made out of avocado. <laughs> and man, the longer it stayed in that refrigerator, the more I liked it. <laughs> Pastor Zona didn't like it. She says it's too, too much chocolate, too, too, too dark. <clears throat> but you could say you can make good pudding. But the proof of it is in the eating. Are you following? <coughs> Excuse me. Watch carefully. Because this next, this last part, I want to go to in verse 11. I mean verse uh, 1, chapter 11. It's the evidence, it's the proof of things not seen. Now listen to this. The word things here. The word things is important. Because this is what it means. That which has been done. The very fact that God said it means it has been done. It's already done if God said it. Amen. It means in the sense of like a deed. How many of you have ever bought a piece of property or a house or something? Okay. When you bought it and you, had, you went and had the title signed, you signed the title, you signed all the paperwork, that's when you got the keys. That's when you got the keys. Because the deed, you may have never actually took possession of the property, other than being an invited guest, had you maybe ever been on it or in it. But once you sign that deed, and the deed becomes law, legal, then guess what? That's when you get the, that's when you get the keys. Now you're stepping onto that property because you are the title holder. That's what this word things means. Something that's already been done like a deed. The very fact that God promised it is the title deed that he's wanting you to take possession of by being convicted of the reality of that promise. You're convinced. The very fact that God promised it is my title deed to take possession of it. Amen. It has to do, listen carefully, it has to do with legal recourse. Let me put it another, uh, uh, another way to put it. It, it becomes an, an 
an accomplished fact now that it has been transferred to you when you, when you sign that paperwork. It's an accomplished fact. Okay? Everybody say accomplished fact. What a God. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm about to jump off this platform and get in your face. <laughs> Listen to this. The very fact that God says, by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed 2,000 years ago, indicates that it's already been done. Is that right? Now, how do you take possession of that? You take possession of that by absolutely being convicted or convinced of the reality of the title. The very fact that God said it means I can take possession of it. Now, what I got to do is get it out of my head that there's a question mark because this has already been done. It is the will of God to heal today, even though a lot of people, a lot of Christians, don't believe that he, they think healing's been done away with. In reality, that is a lie. There's no scripture in the Bible that says that or indicates that. Why would people say that? Because they don't have their mind renewed to the Word of God, and their mind has more doubt than their heart has faith. Now watch carefully, because it's going to get even more interesting. In a matter of law, or case, or, 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 or in a, even in a lawsuit, once the lawsuit has been settled, the documents are signed, it becomes an, an, an accomplished or a, 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 a fact. It's a fact. This is, what the, this is the rulings on it. That can't change. Okay? It also means that which is or exists. So, when he talks about this word things, the proof of, the, of that which exists or that which is. Okay? So, let's go back here just for a minute. Take all these words and let's put them together. Let's, let's take one more and then we'll put it together. Okay? Alright? You ready? Let's take this last phrase. Not seen. This word seen is that which is not revealed to the senses. Or another way to put it is not perceived by senses. What's it perceived by then? If it's not perceived by those five senses, you know, taste it, see it, hear it, feel it. Uh, what's the other one? Smell it. If I don't have those senses to uh, show me, then I, I don't, that's the way we, we live most of the time. And there's nothing wrong with the senses. But we're not talking about physical things. We're talking about spiritual realities. Okay? So God's creative power, His creative power works in the spirit realm, not in the sensual, senses, sensual realm. Are you following? So you don't have conviction or you're not just convinced by the senses anymore when it comes to God. You have to be convinced, listen carefully, one, one sense. 
God said it. That's how come you're convinced. You're con you've got to get to that point that God said it, therefore I'm convinced. If God said it, that settles it. If God says that by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed, that I'm healed because God said it. I'm not healed by, 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 this, by my senses. I'm healed because God said it. See, there's a, another aspect that the medical science, most of the time, anybody that tries to deviate this and include it, usually gets mocked in the medical field. What they're not realizing is there is a spiritual side to healing. They deal, the doctors deal with the physical side. They cannot explain to you why they can treat two people the same treatment, same symptoms, the same disease. One gets healed and one doesn't. They cannot explain that. That's why they call it a practice. They can't explain it. They're still diving into it. And I'm, I thank God for doctors. I, I go, I've gone to doctors and thank God for them that they help me with my physical body. But they cannot make it automatically produce. Right. Why? Because there's a spiritual aspect. That spiritual aspect is to me, and what I believe is the most critical part, because that's going to determine how that procedure or that treatment is going to work. They treat the chemical side, the physical. You follow? Everybody with me? There's a spiritual aspect. If you don't believe this, the Bible refers to this phrase, the spirit of infirmity. Everybody say spirit. Spirit. What, what? The spirit of infirmity. So infirmity has a spirit. If you don't treat the spiritual aspect, you don't always have the physical aspect to come out with good results. Everybody with me? Okay. I'm not against them. All I'm saying is if you don't add this part to it, you don't have necessarily a guaranteed income, outcome. Everybody, everybody here? Okay. Everybody understand I'm not criticizing. I'm saying that's the aspect because they don't want to get... Flesh wars against the spirit. The flesh wars against the spirit. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And it's the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus that sets me free from the law of sin and death. Okay. Everybody with that? So it's not revealed to the senses. Now let's put all these definitions together so we can go to one other place before we quit today. The conviction, listen carefully, the conviction, the fidelity, and the faithfulness of God to His Word is the actual existence of the things which has already been done that I am expecting that word hope you need to get that it doesn't mean wish get it out of your mind it means expect I expect this 
based upon the reality that God does honor His Word every time. He honors His Word every time. He doesn't deviate from it. So I have a solid ground. Okay? And it's the evidence, the proof, the deed of things that are not revealed or perceived by my sensual nature. So what are they revealed by? How are they revealed then? How are they revealed? They are revealed by God's Word. They're revealed to your heart, renovating your head, and then they become reality in your life. Everybody with that? You say, Pastor Ronnie, what, are you saying this can be done? Yeah, I'm saying it can be done. In fact, Jesus said it. I didn't say it, so hang, hang with me. Jesus said, what I'm doing right now, I do because I've seen my Father do it. What I'm saying right now, I'm doing it because I heard Him say it. He stuck with the script. Okay? And He goes on to say, I am going to put you in a position that what I'm doing right now, you're going to be able to do also. And even greater than what I'm doing right now. Doesn't that make you want to jump up and down? How can you sit there? <laughs> How come he could say that? Why was he saying? Because he's doing what his father said to do because it exists. It is a reality in the spirit realm and God the Father does not lie. If God said it, then he will do it. I have to actuate that into my life. Yes. Now, wow, man. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 1 real quick. We'll just, I, I thought I'd get to John, but I'm not going to be able to today. John chapter, I mean Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1, uh, chapter 1 verses 1 through 3, watch this. And we only got a few minutes left, but I want to get to this, I want to leave this with you. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past under the, prophet, uh, under the fathers by the prophets. Listen carefully. This is important. Thank God for prophets. Everybody say, thank God for prophets. Thank God for prophets. But God wants to get you to a place that you have a more sure word of prophecy. Are you hearing me? What's the sure word of prophecy? If you just read it, that God said it in the Bible. You follow me? That's where God's taking you. Don't misunderstand me about prophets. Okay? And thank God for prophets. God will spoon feed you until you can get mature enough. But you got to come to the point that if God, you read it in there and God said it and the Holy Spirit starts revealing it to you, anytime revelation knowledge comes, it's not for you to stand back and say, Oh, wow! Oh, wow! The purpose of him bringing that revelation 
is so you could walk in it. Amen. And it becomes a reality in your life. Am I make, is that making sense to you? That's the purpose of it. It's not to, it's not to wow you. At first it does. I mean, if you've been sitting in the dark, somebody turns on the light, wow! But pretty soon you're supposed to absolutely, once that light's turned on, you're supposed to begin to accustom yourself to the light. Not run from it, but accustom yourself to the light. We talk about a great awakening. God's bringing a great awakening. A great awakening has begun in, in not only in the United States but around the world. And light has come. Why is He doing that? So that we can get back to walking in that light that He revealed that He absolutely woke you out of that sleepiness and that darkness that you lived in. In fact, it's kind of like this. Why would God bring all this junk to the surface so it could be brought to the light if he's not going to do anything about it? How many of you ever wondered? I had some Christians say, well, we're, it's all being revealed, but I ain't seeing nothing being done. Well, he revealed it so you would get in sync with him and actuate it. Hello? So it becomes a reality in our society. You're waiting on God, and God's waiting on you. I turned the light on. <laughs> Amen. In fact, well, I'll just say it like this. You, you can expect this to come from me, so. God's revealing to you the crookedness of our politics. So you can walk in the light when you go to the voting booth. That's right. Instead of being hoodwinked by their propaganda. That's all my politics for today. Watch this. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by sons whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. He made the worlds, listen carefully, by the person of his word. Watch this. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory, the expressed image of his person, watch this phrase, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty, majesty on high. Notice this phrase, upholding all things by the word of his power. Now let's talk about that word upholding for just the last few moments. The word upholding means to carry. To move by bearing. With a suggestion of force or speed. And it'll give you examples here in just a minute. For example, a person's bore in a ship born in a ship over the sea. In other words, that ship carried them over the sea. Okay? So we're saying it like this. Upholds all things by the word of his power. He carries like a ship carries people over the sea. Okay? Carries. Also, in the connection with that of caring, of a gust of wind to rush. 
In other words, you ever seen the leaves in the fall on the ground and you had a gush of wind and it stirred up the leaves and carried them off? I just want to say this so you get, we'll get there eventually. Every time you speak, breath comes out of your mouth. Yes. So when the Word of God speaks or is spoken, it releases that wind to create a rush to carry you over those circumstances. <laughs> it also means, watch this, of the mind. How many of you got problems with this thing up here? Okay. Of the mind to be moved inwardly Another word for it is being prompted. The prompting of the Holy Spirit moved my thinking in a different direction. Right. Right. I can see right now some of you don't need the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Move you in a different direction. Pastor Ronnie's going to take too long. Y'all got that tomorrow afternoon. Thanks. Okay. Uh, watch, watch this latter part. We're not through with this word upholding. Watch this. It also means to bear up like an uphold. Watch this. Like to keep from falling. To keep from falling. We can say it this way. God spoke the sun and said, You rise in the east and you set in the west. And the very word that he spoke one time was enough to uphold the sun, to keep it functioning throughout uh, as long as, as, as God's word is operative, and which it will never cease. It's going to rise in the east and set in the west. It's going to keep the sun from falling through and not fulfilling. Amen. Oh, man. It also means to bring forward. So when God speaks uh, opposing, He brings it forward. Watch this. To bring in or forward by announcing. By what? Announcing. When God said, light be, light is, because God spoke it, that announcement, that announcement brought it into being. It brought it into being. Light is. And light still is. Okay. <laughs> That's right. What did it do? It holds it up and keeps it from going out. Y'all almost through. Y'all almost through for today? Jesus let this echo in all of us. It means to bring forth or bring, produce or to bring forward in a speech. For example, we have a guest speaker. I get up here and I introduce him or her. I, when I introduce them, I brought them forward with my speech. What do you think God does about you? 
That's why it's important for you to confess the Word of God. When you confess the Word of God, it brings you forward to that, with that announcement. Let me put it another way. Let's take healing for example. You need healing in your body? You take that Word of God that He promised and you announce your healing which brings forth your healing. Yes. It does what? Brings it forth. It announces my healing. Now you understand why the writer there in Hebrews chapter 10 says we are not of those who shrink from declaring but we are those that believe to the getting of the stuff that was promised. <laughs> I'm going to make these last few statements. Because there is so much more here than I haven't gone over yet. So much of our lives is live, we ad-lib with, with that, and ad-lib means without previous Preparation. Too many times we respond to a, our situation without preparation. How many of you ever got your foot in your mouth? You ad-libbed it. And then you tried to back paddle and you got your other foot in there. Because you're trying to ad-lib it. Are you following me? Instead of sticking with the script... God wants us to stick with the script. The script works. Because God knows who wrote it. It works every time. There's no deviation in it. Stick with the script. Now watch this last part. This is very, very important. We are... This connects with the, the last series. We are only free... We are only as free as we are captivated by the Word of God. Many Christians are not free because they're not captivated with the Word of God. They think it's all having to do with the hereafter. Because, we, and, and we struggle. All of us are going to face circumstances. Don't misunderstand me. But there's a difference between an overcomer and someone that is just, I just don't know what God's going to do. You disqualify yourself from what's been paid for. And what a slap in the face of Jesus when we do such things. He paid for your right now. When I get to heaven, I won't need, sick, need to be healed. When I get to heaven, I don't, I don't need no money. When I get to heaven, <laughs> when I get to heaven, we're not going to be arguing, fussing, and fighting. I won't have to forgive anybody in heaven. Hello? Nobody will have to forgive me. Because we're not going to know each other the way we do now, having to deal with that stinking flesh. You're going to know as you are known. And so we're over here thinking, when we get to heaven, that's well, all. No, Jesus came to do something about your, your life right now. And he came to deliver you from that old demonic nature that's in your flesh. 
He came to deliver you from yourself. Everybody thinks it's that. Yes, there's a hell, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, but that's not when you leave. That's now. That's right. You don't have to act like a hellion now. <laughs> that's what the Pharisees were doing. Jesus said, I, you're from your father. I'm from my father. One was from heaven, one from hell. They was both on earth at the same time. <laughs> Stand up. <laughs> Glory to God. I hope that, I hope that it, 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 it sent a spark and a seed on the inside of you that you'll cut to cultivate all week long. That's where we're going with this. God is faithful and he's going to make me faithful. I become faithful by learning how to rely on his faithfulness. You follow me? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you. Now, Lord, as I pray right now, I pray right now for anybody that doesn't know you, that you drove, drew them by your spirit here. It wasn't accidental, whether they be in the auditorium or they're viewing by live stream. It was your spirit that drew them. This is not accidental. It was purposed by you, Father. Now, Lord, I thank you right now that your word would echo in their heart today in the name of Jesus. And they would just say it with their mouth. Jesus, become my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. And Lord, they would actually open up their heart and receive you today. Lord, if there's anyone in the sound of my voice that needs healing in their spirit, they're grieved in spirit, or they're confused in their soul, or their body has symptoms. I speak by the power of the resurrection, the authority of the name of Jesus, and through the merits of the cross, in the name of Jesus I declare, be healed. Father, help them to embrace this as an actual fact. That's already been done 2,000 years ago. Glory be to God. That they're going to declare the truth of that word. Now Lord, I thank you. Glory be to God. Yes, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that none of us here today in this auditorium are those that view by live stream will ever be the same again. That the revelation that has been brought forth by your Spirit will shed light in our hearts and help us to walk in that light. You cannot lie. You wouldn't want to and couldn't if you could because your nature is nothing but truth. What you promised us, you intend for us to have. It's from your heart. Now, Father, we thank you. We lay hold of it. We are the just. And we live by faith and we won't draw back. Say this with me out loud. I'm a righteous one. I'm a righteous one. And I'm going to live. I'm going to live. 
by his faith. Thank you, Jesus, for being faithful. Glory be to God. Take a moment to praise him. Thank him for whatever it is you need right now. Whatever your desire is. Your desires, your needs are not too big for what he already purposed. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, as we leave this place today, I thank you that your grace surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. We hear your voice and the voice of another we will not follow. Now, Lord, you've given your angels commission over us. And Lord, you've given us the name that's above every name, your name to use, which we invoke right now. And we declare, say this with me out loud, we declare, we declare in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus there'll be no tragedy, no tragedy named among any of us. Father, as we leave this place today, we thank you that you're so filling us full of your love. That as we go out into our everyday lives and every person we come in contact with, your love would just ooze out of us and touch them with the reality of the gospel. We give you praise and thanksgiving for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.